what if you were to give me a percentage as far as you thinking that they're going to take the proper measures of, of us getting this done what what's your percentage of you thinking that hershey is still going to happen in september i think 80 percent wow and the reason why i say that is um the hershey lodge is owned by hershey entertainment resort company and hershey park which they also own is opening july 3rd so i can't imagine you know, if they can have you know amusement park open, uh, why couldn't they have the the convention center open? Is kind of my thinking. I know they're two two very different things, but also there's a, a dog show, an indoor dog show taking place, I think in August that has approval to conduct their dog show. Um, so events are starting to sort of come back. This is Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed. And if you have ever been to a trade show, especially one in Hershey, Pennsylvania, for example. You realize all the planning and behind the scenes work that goes into uh, events like that. You are about to hear one of the main men uh, with Barkley Productions who puts all of those wonderful things together for the groomers, the vendors, and the contestants. And Todd Shelley of Barkley uh, has kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit as far as what goes into all that work as well as his thoughts on the pandemic and the future of trade shows so without further ado this is grooming unleashed episode 13 with todd shelley hey hey you found us this is grooming unleashed where we learn and talk about the ins and outs of the pet grooming industry from pro groomers and salon owners to show hosts and dog handlers We'll jump into the stressful and crazy stories of the day-to-day operations of the crazy world of grooming. I'm your host, Ryan Alvarez. Our podcast is sponsored by Loyalty Pet Products. Loyalty Pet Products provides quality grooming tools and accessories at an affordable price. From shears to stripping knives to smocks and hammocks, Loyalty Pet Products has an essential tool to fit your expectation and style. Use code UNLEASHED to save 10% today. Loyalty Pet Products, uniquely designed, beautifully priced. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed and this is episode 13 with Todd Shelley. Todd, you are with Barkley Productions. So Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself in case anybody is not aware of who you are. All right. So I'm the president of Barkley Productions. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background on Barkley and how I got here. Um, my mother's best friend was a second generation dog groomer. She was grooming out of her basement, Sally Lytic. And she was finding that people weren't taking her seriously. So she developed a product, basically a reminder card to remind, send out to her customers days before their appointment to remind them about it. And that made a which made a great difference in people not no-showing and taking her more seriously. So she took an ad out in Dog Fancy Magazine advertising that product and got a great response. And then she started adding products and eventually added the magazine. And then she ended up hiring my mother, who was a school bus driver. My mother would drive in the morning, work for Sally in the afternoons in her basement, and then drive in the afternoon. Um, she convinced her to come on and work full-time. And then that let her move into another office and just kept growing from there and then started Groom Expo back in 1988. Um, it's just grown for my version of it, I grew up, um, my very first job was gathering up flyers to stick into an envelope that she would mail out. And I'd sit on the couch as a little kid. That's and then, always fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was great for us. We thought it was easy money, you know, probably like a dollar an hour or something. Yeah. <laughs> but then during the summer, I would do whatever jobs there was here. It's always my summer job to do shipping or gathering stuff up and, you know, just whatever. Um, but I never thought it's going to work here full time. Um, I'd be a grunt at the trade shows. I didn't work the very first Groom Expo, but the second one on. Um, and then we got to travel as in college. We got to go to California when they did the very first Groom Expo West. And we thought that was the greatest thing ever. Um, so I was, I was always fascinated by the business, but my background, I went to college for psychology. I worked in the field for a couple of years. Um, and then I got out of that and started um, got into advertising sales. And then the advertising rep at Barclay resigned. And I got offered the job because I was doing advertising sales. I was actually selling ads for Yellow Pages, Verizon Yellow Pages, um, which was surprisingly, they had a really good training course in marketing and sales and stuff. So I really benefited that before the phone book went away. Um, so I came on as a salesperson and one thing led to another and um, she started looking for a succession plan on how to move on from the business and she decided to pick me and Adam be my business partner, basically figured out a way to sell sell to us. So so we did that. So that's how I got here. It came a very circuitous, I think is the word, route to get here. Um, but I'm very happy it worked out that way. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's always... It's always great to see you at the shows, obviously, with what's going on and everything. We haven't seen you in a while, but we'll, we'll get to that. So you, you mentioned that 1988 uh, was pretty much the first Groom Expo, correct? Yes, that's right. Is that the one in Hershey, Pennsylvania? Yeah, and at that point, it was just outside of Hershey, um, okay. technically in Harrisburg, but it was the border of Hershey. So I think, we, I think they built it as Hershey. Okay, uh-huh. and then do you have good enough memory to, to tell me the locations in order after that? So after Hershey, at what point when you guys went into Hershey Lodge, were you like, okay, we need a, another location? Yeah, well, um, the Hershey show immediately sold out. The very first year it was literally sold out, but that's when you would have one, one area for, for classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when they moved into the Hershey Lodge about two or three years after the first year because I gave them more room. And it was 1991 or 92. Um, I think it was 1991. They decided to go to California, um, put a show out there. And that show did surprisingly horrible. Um, the, uh, it was like out here in, Her- in Hershey, the thing just like I said, it sold out the very first year and they couldn't grow fast enough. And they thought that same dynamic would happen in California. And it did not. Um, that was a long, slow growth out there. Right. Then from California, um, we're, we spot on what was next. Um, well, they started doing these small shows across the country. They're called Pro Groom. And they weren't meant to be a large show. It's like a traveling thing. They put them in different cities. Mm-hmm. And every city would stick. And they would put a show there. And I think the first one they did that that worked for was Lansing, Michigan. Um, so they did Lansing, but then, cause the, the program did really well. So they put a show in Lansing, but then that show wasn't growing. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't growing. So they ended up moving that one. That's not PetQuest. So that would move to Ohio. Right. So that was the third one. And then Northwest show was the same situation. It did a small show there, a program that did really well. So they put a show, um, in Tacoma. Um, so it was fourth and then, um, I'm trying to think what was next. Um, uh, you got the one in Secaucus, New Jersey. Yeah, no, that was, that's the last one. Um, we purchased, that was already established. So the, the last three shows were Groom Texas, which we started working with the AKC on that. They 
basically approached us and said, we do you think a grooming show would work inside a, a large AK, AKC show? Mm -hmm. and, oops, that's my... That's no, um, City of Groom, Texas, um, and then New England we purchased from the association up there. And then, of course, Integroom we purchased a couple years ago. Oh, sorry, All-American is before all those. I know it's missing one. And All-American purchased from Jerry Schinberg. So that was already an established show also. Gotcha. So are, started the show from scratch. Are you guys looking to purchase other areas as well? Or are you kind of, right now, you, you're, well, let's put it this way. Before the pandemic hit, obviously were you guys sitting around as a as a team and saying okay this is the this is the region we want to go after next or are you guys right now kind of either you have your hands tied behind your back or you're just kind of like you're you're okay with with everything right now um well it's interesting before the pandemic hit we were having we had our best year ever attendance wise um by far and the last half of last year every show was up like 10 percent or more wow so very actively looking to add at least one show for 2020 yeah. um, pandemic hit. So, gotcha. and I, my plan was there's three regions of the country that we're still looking at uh, doing something. And one of the things that was, I was considering was doing rolling out one new show each of the next three years mm -hmm. and, and filling up those regions. So um, that of course has changed drastically. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but, but we'll get back to it. Maybe, you know, delay a year or two, but sure. Sure. Yeah. Florida's always looking for, for more shows, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So let's, let's go into this, this horrible thing that is COVID. Um, now this all kind of started around March, which would have been around the Atlanta pet fair um, <clears throat> time period, uh, which I saw you there as well. And yep. um, that was kind of like, you know, even though that, that show started, um, you know, kind of like the, the, the actual showing the competitions and stuff started that Thursday night, um, right around Fridays when people were like, I think it's going to close and all the stuff. And then of course, Saturday, we got the word that after Saturday it was going to close up. And then obviously we haven't been able to have any trade shows since, um, you guys decided that you were going to go online with world groom and, uh, that you know, I was able to participate in that one as well. So thank you very much for offering that up for vendors and, and attendees as well. Um, what is your, what was your whole experience with that, with, with your team? Cause I know you guys had really long hours. Yeah. Um, well, actually talking about the Atlanta, the Atlanta thing that was, it was crazy. The day that I traveled down on Thursday was the day that everything was just happening. Like the NBA canceled and every time yep. I would check my phone as I'm trying to travel, we'd see that something different was happening. Things were just blowing up and mm -hmm. the impending doom that everybody was feeling in Atlanta. And then we found out they were closing the show on Saturday, they're gonna close it on Sunday. We went to the airport, they had that great shuttle, got a flight, came back and told the Karen who's working our booth, they're like, hey, we're, leaving. we're flying out in an hour. And I remember landing in Harrisburg thinking, we left, what we left and we're coming back to, it's a different world. Like the world just changed in a matter of days. Yeah. But um, as far as taking things online, um, it's it's interesting because we always had fooled around a little bit with trying to do more stuff online. It's always been kind of a back burner thing just because of you know lack of time or resources. So this forced us to do something with it. And what we tried to do, we wanted to get education out there because you know we knew that groomers are going to want to maintain their education and keep going to doing things to. to you know, keep adding their education, but also the vendors. It was very high priority to try to figure out a way to get the vendors in front of the groomers because, you know, that's what a show does. And a lot of vendors 
rely very heavily on that. So that was a big, big priority for us also. Um, we started, we offered just to kind of do our part to sort of try to help the industry as a whole. Um, we did a lot of stuff. We did four weeks of free classes um, uh, that we just put out there for a limited number of people. And part of that was kind of to gauge the response we would get. The response was overwhelming. Um, so we decided to go with it online. And it's, it's interesting because it's a lot of work for the staff, the leading up to it and um, actually putting it on, they're putting in, getting a lot of overtime in. Um, and a, so it's just, it's a lot of work, but, um, but I think it's, it's obviously it's worth it, but, um, but they kind of enjoy it. It's sort of a fun environment. We're all sitting back here in the conference room, um, sort of like a, I don't know, like a, you know, just everyone's got all their laptops out and their papers everywhere. And, and, you know, we're, it's just sort of a bonding, sort of a fun thing. Um, but it's going very well so far. We've learned each time we've learned a little bit more because we're winging it. Like we don't, we don't, we haven't done this before. We don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work and what people want, and what they don't want. Um, but the groomers have been incredible. Um, I love being in the chat section of it. Uh, it's so positive. Like where can you find a chat section anywhere that is positive? Um, and it's, it's just, it's just a great experience. And it's been, um, it's a new avenue that we'll stick with even when we go back having shows will still continue to do online things like this. Yeah. I saw the, uh, the, the post where you guys were, um, you know, playing video games just to kind of kill the time um, because you didn't have any time to kill, but you, you were trying to, <laughs> you were trying to stay sane. And I, I, I saw Evan just, um, you know, hit the golf ball in the water or actually it was, I think you guys were playing disc golf, but yes, <laughs> my 74 year old mother destroyed all of them. <laughs> just absolutely. Like she won by literally more than 30 strokes. That's funny. And then they switched to bowling, which she doesn't normally play, and she destroyed them in bowling. So she's a shark. She's a shark. Yes. So yeah, my my seventy four year old mother is beating people who grew up in the video age playing video games. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know that it, this this whole time period's changed everything, and I really do think it's going to change everything uh, moving forward, just with yep. more sanitation processes and and just safety measures, which is that's a good thing. Um, you know, but I know people are itching to get back to a physical trade show and you guys are actually, you did world groom. So tell us how you have kind of changed things from the first one now to the third one, if you don't mind. Yeah. On the first one, literally nobody used zoom. Um, well, I guess one or two people had used it. Um, but certainly not in the capacity of putting a show on. It was always just as a you know, meeting, like what we're doing. Um, so they had to learn how to put something on using Groom, how to do the, the um, webinar features and, and just so many little things that can go wrong and, and what they had learned. So about in 10 days, they learned how to be basically experts on Zoom. But what they didn't know is how to be able to really, they knew how to record something, but how to make it that somebody could get back in and watch it later. So the first one, that was an option. I mean, had to watch it live. Um, and then the second one, after we put it up, they learned how they could do that effectively because it's, you know, it, it takes some extra steps to let people come back and watch it later. Um, <clears throat> so the second one you couldn't either, but the second one, <clears throat> excuse me, the second one we added more rooms so that you had choices, like as if you were at a trade show, um, where you pick which class you want to go to. Uh, and then the third one, we have multiple rooms and you can go back and watch later. So I think it took us to the third one to finally get it to the point of what people wanted like the, the biggest criticisms the first one was not enough options the biggest criticism the second one was they had they couldn't watch it later and so now i think we got i think we answered all the criticisms i say criticisms i shouldn't i don't mean that in a very negative way i mean we ask them what would you like us to do different and that's the things that we heard right 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and I know as a business owner, you could have an absolute pristine, perfect project or product. And it doesn't matter if you ask for feedback, you will get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we, one time we're using a software company that was going to put on the website. Um, what do you, how do you rate the show? And then what can we do different or what, what can we do to improve? So our whole Facebook page, and it was integrated with Facebook, whole Facebook page was like five-star reviews and then complaints. And I was like, can you please take this down? Because everything on this page is all what you don't like about the show. Yeah. But it's because you asked them. You specifically said, what would you like us to do different? Like, can we just ask what you like best about the show? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, if my wife were to ever ask me, how do I look in this dress? I'm not going to answer that. It's just uh, <laughs> you're putting yourself in a bad situation. So, um. Yes, yeah. So now I know this is on everyone's mind and I know Barkley is kind of waiting um, as, late, as late as they can. But as of right now, uh, Groom Expo in Hershey is still on. Uh, yes. Now we're only in June right now, but what, if you were to give me your percentage as far as you thinking that they're going to take the proper measures of, of us getting this done, what, what's your percentage of you thinking that Hershey is still going to happen? In September? I think 80%. Wow. And the reason why I say that is um, the Hershey Lodge is owned by Hershey Entertainment Resort Company and Hershey Park, which they also own, is opening July 3rd. So I can't imagine, you know, if they can have um, a, you know, amusement park open, uh, why couldn't they have the, the convention center open? Is kind of my thinking. I know they're two, two very different things. But also there's a, a dog show, an indoor dog show taking place, I think in August, that has approval to conduct their dog show. Um, so events are starting to sort of come back. Um, Pennsylvania as a whole, we're in the stage before you would get to to let events like that happen. So in theory, the next step to do is to, um, the next step is to open up for events and stuff. Um, and with that said, Pennsylvania is doing very well. We're one of the states that is doing, we're one of the better states as far as um, our numbers going down. Um, but the reason why I say only 80% is because I know how that can change very drastically. Like we're on pace to be able to have Hershey, have Groom Expo. If things continue the way they're going, we would have it. Um, but unfortunately, things can spike, things can change. So. Sure, sure. Now let's, let's um, I don't want to, uh, it's not devil's advocate. It's actually an optimistic uh, point of view. So let's say that this, this is definitely going to happen. Let's say it's the end of August. Things in Pennsylvania are going fantastic. We're going to move forward with it. Will you guys offer a safety course for both attendees and vendors that people have to watch or that way that you know, we know that they've gone through this, this training, so to speak, before they can even go to the show. I will definitely have stuff up online. Um, describing any procedures that are put in place. Um, and, and we'll do it in video format. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and then just ask, answer the question. That probably the next question we would adhere to every CDC guideline and then some like, you know, whatever is required of us. And it looks like what that is going to entail is, um, probably temperature checks, uh, checks, um, required to provide, have the ability to provide a mask for every attendee, but they're not required and people have to wear them. Um, but you have to be able to provide them for them. And then spacing is probably going to be issues. And I don't know how that's going to look right now 
because you know classrooms are very easy to space. We can space those out. Mm -hmm. The floor um, would be tricky, but I know you know the Hershey Lodge. Like they have experts in, that are working with the CDC to to work those things out and tell us what they have to do. That's excellent, and I, I you know I, I want to plug uh, right now for anybody who has not been to the Hershey Show. Um, not just for the fact that if that is the first trade show that actually happens uh, for you to want to go to, but it's just such a beautiful venue. The Hershey Lodge is just really, it's a gorgeous setting. Um, it's always the, well, last year was probably the most beautiful as far as weather went. Um, and yeah. we definitely noticed a huge uh, uptick in attendance, which for Hershey is like, how much bigger can you get? But, um, and so I applaud the entire Barkley team because you guys, just you're figuring out things 10 steps ahead. Um, and, and then you're also learning things on the fly, which is, uh, I, I just kudos to you guys. You, you, you really, you kick butt and it's all for, it's all for the vendors. It's all for the groomers. It's all for the attendees. So thank you very much. No, thank you. What? Vendors, that's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, that's one of the, when people talk about the shows and stuff, I'm like it's obviously we want shows for our own well-being for our company. We want shows for the well-being of groomers. I think it's a really important thing for groomers to get out to a show and just unwind and recharge and, and reinvigorate themselves. But the, the forgotten link sometimes, I think, is the vendors. There's a lot of vendors that make the majority of their money at the trade show. Mm -hmm. And when they lose these shows, you know, they're losing a big big part of their, their income. Um, and they've been very loyal to us for so many years that you know, we'll do whatever we can to try to, to put a show on. Yeah, and from a vendor standpoint, um you know, it, it's just the camaraderie that we have, not only with customers, but just seeing, seeing the competitions and um, it's just kind of seeing those familiar faces, you know, and, and I know customers want to see the face behind the company sometimes. And so we're missing yeah. that aspect of it as well. Um, yeah. But we just, we just miss, I think everybody just misses that whole community aspect for that three or four days. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I like to joke that, it's the only chance that groomers get to talk about their job and have people want to listen. <laughs> you know, several days where you just get to talk shop while you yeah, want. Exactly. And, and learn, of course, you know, the seminars are fantastic as well. And um, I'm, I'm going to be actually be throwing my hat in the ring. Uh, so this will be the first time aside from my, my loyalty pet products, Facebook page that I'm, I'm going to be putting it out there that I am going to be learning the tricks of the trade. Um, so I've got some pretty good people that are going to be, uh, teaching me from, from step one. So I'm going to be getting into the, the grooming industry on the other side of it as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Is this the, the first time you've mentioned this? Is this the big reveal? Well, it will be the big reveal when we put, put this out live yeah. because not everyone that listens to Grooming Unleashed is a loyalty pet products follower. So I did put it out there. I, I was a little cryptic about it. Um, you know, I put together a team, a competitive team actually, uh, in January and we were doing really well. And then, uh, it just got to the point where, you know, I hate to kind of go into a personal story, but this is just, this is how I am as a, as a podcast host. But, um, so I've been a teacher for 18 years and I've had one foot kind of like kind of testing the waters of not only my own company, but also, you know, what can I do to help my wife and, and the community, and um, when this pandemic hit, it was just kind of, it's hard to explain. It was a blessing in disguise because I spent time at home with my kids and 
I was able to spend a lot more time on the company, but at the same time, I was kind of watching my wife a little bit more uh, because she was doing the competitions online at home. And uh, not not so much jealousy, but just curiosity. I just kind of was like, you know, I, I, I would like to start doing this and I'm not going to be going back to teaching next year. That I already submitted my resignation letter, so that's official. And uh-huh. um, so I think that was that was definitely the turning point. I was like, okay, this is uh, there's no turning back right now. It's time for me to start learning how to groom. Now I do have a bather certificate that I got from um, um, uh, Terry De Marino, and fantastic uh, teacher. Yep. So I'm officially able to bathe, but I, I will be taking more courses for for grooming as well as learning from my wife and my my loyalty squad. So I'm excited. I know it's not going to be easy. Will you be competing? <laughs> so the goal is, uh, the goal is within two years, I would like to be able to compete. Um, I think that gives me a, a plenty enough time to kind of, you know, learn different breeds and different cuts, di- different hairstyles. And um, I don't want to rush anything for sure. I don't want it to be like a, you know, publicity stunt by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do think competing would be something I, I have to do because I talk about it on this podcast all the time that you just need to get out there. And for me, I've got nothing to lose. Um, I'll be nervous as I'll get out, but I won't be scared. That's great. So maybe a couple of years down the line, it'd be a great family vacation for you and your wife to make the <laughs> travel team. Yeah, there you go. Put us right next to each other. I'm sure she's going to be uh, doing some jabs at me like, you're really going to do that? <laughs> yeah. um, so let's talk about the trade shows a little bit more and then uh, we'll kind of wrap things up here. And I appreciate your time. I know you're always seriously busy. Um, so one of the things that I was talking with Colin Taylor about, uh, which he says you need to start working a little bit more at the shows. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously he's joking. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, one of the things is, uh, we did joke around about you wearing a suggestion box at these shows, <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys feel about somehow finding a way to get more contestants more competitors into the ring because i know one of the issues like for my wife um for example you know she finally got her her nerve up to start competing a little over a year and a half ago and her she is now like that's like her stage that she wants to go into it's really it fills up so quickly is there anything kind of like what you do to expand the 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 show space is there anything you guys are thinking about to maybe make it a little bit more open as far as more people registering for competing? Yeah, well, the first thing is that this was not an issue until like a like less than two years ago. Um, for some reason, competitive grooming just took off. Um, you know, we never had, we'd have some, some poodle would always sell out, but mm, yeah, they've never sold out. You get, we were lucky to get six people in Wireco for, for years. And now they all sell out very quickly. Um, so it's something we didn't see coming, so we weren't prepared for it. Um, and I still don't even know why it happened, um, but uh, probably social media, people seeing people posting their pictures and pictures and competing pictures. It's because it's because Poodle always sold out. So they had to find another breed to yeah. compete in. There could be some truth to that. Um, but uh, we, so the shows that we can expand the stage area and stuff, we, we, we do that. Um, and we try everything we can to get people in as far as, you know, you're, you're fighting like basically two different battles. You have to submit four plans to the, um, fire marshal in the hotel and you, you 
they'll give you, they'll prove something, but then at the show, you can, once you're physically there, we're not doing anything illegal, we're not doing anything against the fire marshal, but you know, they might approve you for 30 contestants, but at the show, you can realistically fit 40 in, but you can't do that ahead of time. You have to wait till you're there. So, it, so if somebody's at the show and they're prepared to compete, we usually get them in, we usually find a way to get them in. Um, but that's a big risk to pre pre bring a dog, pre keep the dog prepped, get up in the morning to do it, to show up, hoping that we can squeeze you in. Um, I get that's a lot, but but going back to your actual question, mm. um, certain shows we can expand, uh, and we and we're doing that, and that's a lot trickier than you would imagine because you know you have to get tables, and that's more tables, and if we have a table sponsor, you know are they able to send in more tables or whatever, and um, but that's manageable. Um, <clears throat> the layout and stuff. The problem becomes certain shows there's nowhere to expand to. Um, Hershey, you know, there, there's there's no possibility of expanding Northwest. There's no yeah, that's no possibility of expanding until we move out of that facility. We're at some point going to out, out, outgrow um, the facility we're in in Tacoma. We'll move one block down the street to the convention center, and then we'll have as much space as we need for it. Um, so the shows <coughs> are expanding the floor, um, and the shows that we can't, I'm not sure. Which, or, we're, everything's open for discussion, and we're open to suggestions on anything um, with all of that, because I don't know what the answer necessarily is. Um, and we've discussed things like, you know, can you split certain classes into to two, like poodle, can you have you know, two separate poodle classes and put them up against each other and things like that. And that's something we're exploring a little bit. Um, but, but like I said, we're open to suggestions. Um, one of the things, you know, people talk about the, cause I hate the fact that, I hate the fact that not everybody gets in that wants to get in. Like that's a very real problem to me at all. And I'll just blow that off. Um, I know what goes into keeping a dog prepared as a contest dog. And, and and I know how frustrating it is if you're planning on going to a show and then all of a sudden you're not competing. It's like, well, you may, you've been planning this for months. Right. So those are very real problems to me. Um, the the thought of, the suggestion that comes up the most, just to give you an example, is we'll do a lottery where, you, you know, people get to, like, like, so you're not having to sit at the computer at the exact moment, have to fight to try to get, like you're getting, you know, tickets to the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Yeah, but then we'd have to go through every person individually. Like, let's say the very first person on the list, okay, you made the, you made it, which class are you competing in? Because I can't just say, okay, there's, you know, 40 spots, so these 40 people get to register. We're not all four, you're taking everything. So you'd have to, it would just be a, it'd be a nightmare to try to get everybody situated. Right. What classes and stuff like that. And I don't know, I don't know all the logistics that go behind it. So um, this is just me kind of being, you know, my, my ignorant self. But yeah. one of the things I was thinking about, I, I know that you guys definitely have, like, we'll take Hershey, for example, you guys have the really, the, the, the beautiful dinner that Saturday night with the award show. Um, obviously, that's, that's not going to change. But one of the things I was thinking about is what if you were to have a second shift of judges, and then you had a later competition. So for example, you know how most competitions are done by four or five. If you had a second shift of judges, so you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need extra tables per se. You wouldn't need extra space. Some people would just be competing later at night. So seven, eight o'clock at night with new judges. Um, that way those judges that, that were judging most of the day, um, they, they get to, they get to eat dinner, they get to relax where everyone else, maybe eight before, and then they, they're judging after. That was just something I had in my head. I don't know if that's even feasible. It's tricky for a couple of reasons, and it's not, it's, you know, I don't, not completely dismissing it, but um, one thing is we basically try to lock down the, the trade show floor. Vendors aren't really comfortable with people having access. So 
you know, you can essentially barricade off the contest area um, in that sense. Um, but that's requiring a lot more security. It's requiring my staff um, having later nights. I mean, they're already overworked as it is. And um, then there'd be no audience. Like you couldn't, you would be grooming without an audience because we have to keep that locked down because, you know, the contest is always part of the trade show floor of our shows. Um, so it gets tricky with that um, to try to keep that distance. And we do it at certain shows, like inner groom, we have a, a party in the evening in the, in the trade show floor and we put up the stanchions and we have security making sure that people stay out of the trade show part of it. Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's not completely out of the question. And like I said, I'm very sincere when I say I'm open to suggestions because um, I would love to have a situation where everybody gets to compete that wants to compete. No, I, I, I believe you wholeheartedly. So I, I think, you know, I'll, if for the uh, Grooming Unleashed listeners, uh, you know, you can, you can definitely, do you want them to email you directly or do you want them to email me and then I can take some good suggestions and forward them on to you? What would you like? Um, people can email me directly, just Todd.com. Todd at Barkley.com and yeah. Barkley has a GH in there, everybody. So yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, the other, the other thing that makes it a little bit tricky for an evening one is without an audience, we're not going to be able to get a sponsor because that's the big part of sponsoring is you get to talk to the audience. You get to promote your product. You have people on the trade show floor milling around that walk up to the contest and watch for a while and, and you're getting that exposure. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, with COVID going on, uh, do you think that, people watching the actual competitions at the trade show, you know, where they're around the ring, do you think that that's going to have to go away as well? Or what are your thoughts? My guess is that it won't go away, but it'll be different. There'll be spacing um, just by whatever, you know, try to do social distancing or some spacing. So I see a block of six chairs and a space and a block or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, that's my guess on how it would be when we first get back. Okay. Um, well, you've answered pretty much all my questions. I do want people to know all of the work that goes into it. So just for visual sake, can you give me a timeline of how long it takes for you to plan out a venue in advance? So for we'll take the biggest one, for example. So obviously Groom Expo in Hershey, how far in advance do you have to, to solidify everything? Um, you would have it completely planned and be done to, for the website to go live kind of thing let's let, let's even go more basic than that how far in advance do you have to even just rent the venue out oh um all our venues as of now they're all we have multi-year contracts on them so we've got like hershey we've got a seven we're seven years out um for the the actual contract of it um but if you're starting a new show mm -hmm. be over a year in advance that you'd want to have the location secured um but but with her and all of it the toughest one for us is the uh, California show won't give us a new contract until we're at the show. Like they'll give us our dates. And that's because we're a small fish in a big pond mm. at the convention center. So we we're low on the list of priorities. If somebody else wants to come along, we lose that date. They'll give us something within a week or two. An example of that is years ago, we got bumped. Our date got bumped um, a year in advance. We knew, but for American Idol doing their, um, doing their, competition there um but at hershey we're, we're a big deal so um because we take every every inch of that facility and we sell it out so and interesting enough groomers um spend a lot of money in the restaurants and the bars we are one of the most profitable shows that they have which is wonderful because they, they treat us as their top client and we get right. special special treatment at hershey 
whereas other shows like California were just another client. Um, uh, but, um, but then the actual planning of the show, we'll start planning a show probably eight or nine months out where we start contacting potential speakers and um, trying to do that, that type of thing. And it usually takes a couple of months to actually do the planning. So three or four months to get a show from the minute you start planning it to when you're ready to get the website live, it's probably a three month process. Wow. Yeah. And, and then what is the one thing, this is, this will be the last question. What is the, what is the one thing that you kind of like, it irks you every time that you see like your, your checklist, your to-do list for a venue, for a show that you have to do that. You're just like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but I have to. That's a good question. The one thing, um, <laughs> It couldn't well, be dealing with vendors like us. I mean, that's not it. <laughs> and the vendors are surprisingly good to, to work with. Um, uh, and because most of them do multiple shows and they have a pretty good understanding. Right. I think one of the tricky part, um, well, I'm trying to decide. I don't know if I, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be negative. The most difficult process of doing a show, just to be completely blunt, is getting stuff back from speakers. Um, uh, getting, if you need their bio or description, that's how to other class. Um, that's the thing that holds a show up the most. Um, really? Getting, so if you want to be a speaker, um, and, and let me just, a little side note, people often ask how to become a speaker, you ask. Um, if, if you're interested in becoming a speaker, um, you can email me, again, Todd at Barclay.com, and uh, we'll kind of go over, we usually start people with one class, and see how they do and take it from there. But what I will say is to be a good speaker is not just having good material. It's also about making it easy for the show managers, um, getting the information in a timely fashion, that type of thing. Um, we'll do wonders to get you rebooked at shows and stuff. Um, so, and if, you know, there's certain people that have earned the right to, you know, they can do what they want. Um, but, uh, but if you're new, to it be very cooperative it'll be very appreciated that's good that's that's really good to know so um all right i think um i think i, I i've taken up enough of your time for this episode that doesn't mean i'm not going to have you on again in the future and um i think everyone's really crossing their fingers and praying and, and hoping that this pandemic goes away for for sure but i i think also more than anything for right now a little bit more of just normalcy they they, they can't wait to to see you and, and everyone else in Hershey. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to whatever the first show back is. Um, and that's the frustrating thing is we don't know right. what you know, the next one's going to be, so you can't plan accordingly. And just uh, off the top of my head, PetQuest, which was originally scheduled for June, has been moved to October, correct? Yes, Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. Perfect. All right, start planning that party, buddy. Oh, we're going to have the most amazing Halloween party. <laughs> All right, well, Todd, Shelly, thank you so much for all your time. And uh, thank you and, and Barkley just for all your hard work. You guys are amazing. And um, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you in person soon and, and speaking to you again, sir. Great. Well, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of you out there who are following and enjoying the podcast. If you could leave a glowing review for Grooming Unleashed, it would mean a lot to us, as well as sharing with your grooming friends co-workers, bosses, and anyone else in the industry. Uh, it would mean a lot. It also would mean a lot if you would visit our sponsor, Loyalty Pet Products, at www.loyaltypetproducts.com 
And don't forget, you can use the code UNLEASHED to save 10% off of your next order. Thank you very much for our sponsorship, Loyalty Pet Products, and thank you to all of you guys who are listening to us at Grooming Unleashed. We appreciate you and your support.